Hello and welcome to the Weird Geeks Movie Channel and our Star Wars Retrospective Podcast, where every Wednesday and every Saturday we'll be covering a new installment in the classic franchise. Warning, this podcast contains strong language and spoilers throughout. Go to weirdgeeks.com to check out our other podcast series, Twitch streams, contact details, and news on our very own feature films that are currently in production through our publisher, We Are Tessellate. Weird Geeks is not affiliated with any of the rights holders of the films referenced, and no infringement is intended. Geeks! Geeks! Hello, and welcome back to the We Are Geek Star Wars Retrospective podcast, where every single weekday, who knows, all the fucking time, we're walking you through the entire Star Wars retrospective of 10 films, that's right, 10, count them. I'm your host, Al White, and joining me throughout, Alexander Chard. Hello. Christina Masson. Hey. (laughs) This is it. This is what we've been. We started this podcast for this moment to lead all the way up to Last Jedi. But wait, this isn't quite it because this is going to be a weird podcast. So if you didn't listen to our Rogue One podcast, if you're just tuning in for this one, maybe this is the only one you tuned into. Then it's going to seem weird because we just came in weird <laughs> because we've been doing this for a while. Mm-hmm. Our normal show. Let's explain. We like to go through the entire film. We like to go through the top twenty films that came out that year. So we get some you know, idea of the landscape of films that year. And then we go from the entire film, ripping it apart scene by scene. Alex kindly, exhaustively synopsizes everything. And we speak about our feelings for about two and a quarter hours because we like to get in depth. This one's going to be different. So this one, because the film is brand new out, because we've all only seen it once, because we really wanted to concentrate on watching it and not writing down notes in the back of a cinema somewhere and annoying people sitting next to us with your little torch pens. We are going to just be doing a discussion. We wanted to make sure something came out. We wanted to make sure we talk about this film, obviously. So we're just going to do about an hour talking about the movie, talking about, obviously we'll hit on plot points. There will be spoilers throughout, but we will then be getting back into this movie again next year when the solo movie comes out. We're then going to do a full like two and a bit hour rip apart of this movie the week before our solo podcast will come out. So there will, will be- Will our feelings have changed by then? Exactly. I want to know with time. I really do, because we've had time with the other films. Or some of us have. But yeah, we want to be able to talk about it. So this is going to be a bit of a hot mess. We haven't formatted one like this before. We're just going to be kind of going off of notes and stuff and discussing. But what I'm really excited about is that I have no idea how either of you feel about this movie. Because we all went to see it separately. And none of us have talked about our feelings anyway to do with the movie. So I'm excited. And I've been very frustrated. So first of all, let's just get into how we all saw the movie. Let's go with Christina. Christina, you were telling us a story off mic a second ago about the amount of snacks you needed in order to get prepared. So I watched it last night at Arclight in Hollywood. And so I've watched all of these movies at home, basically, you know, on my own or with you guys for the first couple ones. And I was able to, you know, take breaks, have snacks and because they're all really long movies. So I knew this one I would have to come in really well prepared so i (laughs) between the group of us there was like four of us that went we had raisinettes 
We had Sour Patch Kids. We had Red Vines. We had two different types of M&Ms. One was almonds. One was peanuts. And then we had fresh popcorn with lots of butter. And then I also got a hot dog. What? And we had some root beer and some water. What? That's That's it. That sounds amazing. Did you mix (laughs) those almond and peanut M&Ms together? No, I got stuck with the almond ones. They're pretty The great. peanut ones went down the line, so, you know. Almonds are great. It's okay. Almond ones are fantastic. Yeah, they were great. I wish they did more versions. I wish you got, like, walnut M&Ms and hazelnut M&Ms, and that'd be great. I know. But I was so worried that I was going to have to go to the restroom in the middle of it and miss a chunk of it. You don't want to miss a pork. And luckily... <laughs> No peeing happened. I made it through. <laughs> yes, I made. I was so surprised because what is it? A two, it's two and, two and, and a half. half hours. This is the two longest Star Wars movie. Oh, it is. It, it is. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I was so because usually I maybe pause it three times when I'm watching. That you can't home. do that at the cinema unless you're sleeping with. No, the it doesn't happen. So yes, yeah, so that's that's the setup. So how many? Sorry, how many people did you experience. go with? Uh, there was four of us all together. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, so maybe we, like I think we need to get into our feelings, and then we can contextually talk about some of the other people we went with and the general group's feelings. Because this film has been okay, 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 okay. been mm-hmm. very much all over the place uh, in terms of how the reaction has been. Alex, how did you partake? Hello. Uh, so on the fourteenth, I actually went to a double screening of the Force Awakens and Last Jedi. I had invited Christina uh, several times in the lead up, <laughs> and was promptly rejected every time. I asked her if she wanted to join myself and Bethany and some other friends, but she'd always ask the same thing. Can I just go and see one of the movies? (laughs) I mean, that would have taken six hours. How long were you there? It doesn't matter. But we got to see The Force (laughs) Awakens on the big screen again. Uh, So, yeah, we went to a a double feature out at uh, the Pacific Glendale at the Americana. And it was really cool, actually. It was uh, the cinema was surprisingly empty, except for you know some some diehard fans. A dad with his kids, which was really cool. His kid was really enthusiastic throughout both films, which was really fun. And yeah, it was really cool. Got there first, and as a gift, we got given these really cool, kind of uh, enlarged sort of. Do you remember like tops cards? Al, like yeah, you like tops the brand of those usually like basketball cards. It was sort of like yeah. these bigger sort of postcard size versions of those with um, hand drawn prints of, of characters from the film. That's and we got cool. like How the hell I did not get any yeah, presents. We, we got a set of those in and uh, so yeah, I went with I went with my wife Bethany, my housemate Carter, uh, my friend Todd, who is a complete newbie, he hasn't really watched any of the films. Did you not go with Nick? And Nick, who I went and to the Nick. premiere of every prequel with. Uh, Nick was in town and we got to see this film together. So I got to sit between him and Bethany. Or an it was really, seat. It was really funny because at the end of Force Awakens, Bethany was like, every time I looked at you uh, for a reaction for some bit, you were looking at Nick. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, yeah, but I watched Force Awakens with you the other day. So yeah, I, w- I went with them. <laughs> And that was my experience. And just quickly to talk about 
Christina, you go to the arc light. The snacks that you took in, I wasn't interested. Oh yes, so because because we had the double feature, and I think it was the first screening of the day, as well as getting these free cards, we got free popcorn, two two free small popcorns, and Bethany gave me hers, and I ate both of them. (laughs) What one for one for each film? (laughs) Well, yeah, that's true. You were there for a long time. I was going to say what flavor popcorn, but it's America, so I guess salty and buttery. Yep. Mm, yummy. Yeah, so you went to the arc like Christina, and I had a friend, David uh, Server, massive, massive Star Wars fan. He posted uh, the night he went, which is a Thursday photo night. Of me there? No, no. no but, um, <laughs> that, Ryan you Johnson. Be about that. That's creepy. Ryan Johnson was taking tickets. What? At the arc light. What? <laughs> yeah. What? Oh, why did I miss all the good stuff? Yeah, here's this little picture. I don't know. I don't know if he show was me, show still me. there when he, if Ryan Johnson was still there when he went and saw it. But oh, where's the photo? But yeah, he posted a photo, a post that someone had posted about um, about Ryan Johnson being there. Uh, That's really cool. Taking tickets. So I think it was him, David. If it wasn't, I'm sorry, but someone posted that. But yeah. Uh, Al. Cool. Well, I'm in the England right now which means we have a time zone, uh, what's the word, advantage. Uh, so I actually saw this on the 13th at midnight plus one minute, which seemed to be, for most people, like a full 24 hours before most people. And it was, yeah, very much sold out. Like all the, all the screenings in the center of town were completely sold out. Uh, we'd got tickets months and months and months ago to go to a good screener near where I used to live in Westfield which was sold out. I know it was sold out because I tried to get more tickets. Some people didn't turn up because I think they booked it months ahead. And there was confusion, as there always is with these midnight screenings, where the tickets say one date, but it's actually technically the other date. So people turn up on the wrong day for a one-minute oh, past no. midnight screening. And I was so paranoid about that. I was so worried. So to come in our group, I had myself, uh, Haruka, uh, who's a friend of the podcast. Then we had Lee, who came down from... Aww. up north of England and traveled hours to come and hang out with us to go see it. <laughs> then we have my one of my oldest friends who I've known since I was about nine years old, Rob Provis. He came all the way from Reading and drove uh, with his friend all the way into London just to come see it. And so I felt all this pressure of if I fucked up with the tickets, because I remember when I bought them, <laughs> I bought two tickets at different cinemas because I wasn't sure which ones had the best seats. And I was in a panic because they were all just selling out as soon as they went online. And I knew I'd cancelled one and we got there and I, they couldn't find my tickets. And I went into a panic. The machine couldn't find it. Then the person couldn't find it. Then they got their manager and they couldn't find it. Then they tried my barcode and it didn't work. And it went on for literally about 20 minutes of not being able to find my tickets. And I was so scared. <laughs> I was just, not even for me. I was like, if I miss the film, fine. But in fact, I'm responsible for all these people. And my friend Rob is a huge Star Wars Originals fan. But luckily... When they eventually, uh, yeah, spent a long time going into their database, they managed to find the tickets. Oh my goodness. But so on a cool screen, it was very nice. It's one of the scene, a screen switcher, nice sofas, not as many seats, only adults are allowed in there. You can take alcohol in. I took in peanut M&Ms, I took in a small soda, which means an enormous soda because that's all they do. I've had many arguments with them there where they have kid side stuff and I'm like, can I buy the kid side stuff? And they're like, no. I was like, but maybe I have a kid. And they're like, you don't have a kid. I was like, you don't have a kid, it's presumptuous of you. I look responsible. And then I tell them, I will pay you full price for like the big jugs of stuff and the big popcorn if you give me the kid size of them. 
and they can't do it. Just can't do it. They could be making money <laughs> and they can't do it. So uh, yeah, I, I did a peanut M&M's. I did a, sm- a soda, a water, which I didn't get to touch in the end. And I did a mixed popcorn. But because in England, it's a bit different. You've got sweet popcorn and salty popcorn most of the time. Oh, and, and you can mix it together? Yeah, they do mixes very ordinary oh, here, 50-50. That's so nice. And I like a 50-50. So I asked them for a 75-25% mix. Priority uh, on the sweet. Which, which side, which is 75? Salty or sweet? Definitely 75% salty. on the sweet. On the sweet. Nah. Oh. I need that little bit of salt with my sweet. Otherwise, yeah. I can't take too much Come saltiness. On. Too much saltiness is an American flavor that I can't deal with. It's, Come on. It makes me feel sick if I have too much salt. I ate two bags of popcorn and two Coke Slurpees. God. Yeah, you did. <laughs> you had Slurpees? Coke Slurpees? Oh. <laughs> this is all people wanted to tune Alex. in to hear about as our snacking procedures. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it was a pretty good crowd there. Like every, I mean, it was, you know, it was, like I said, it was pretty packed. And there was a good, like, people clapped it a few times. People were definitely laughing appropriate moments. It wasn't like an ardent, ardent, crazy, crazy fan, but it was midnight screening. So, you know, people are excited. And then I had to go on lockdown because I couldn't talk to anyone. And I really wanted to talk to you, Alex, so badly, but I had to wait 24 hours for you to see the film. And then even after that, it happened. Christina. <laughs> what about me? You didn't want to talk to me? Yeah, not really. You weren't bursting at the seams <laughs> to call me? Like w- once a week for this is, is enough, let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> and then... <laughs> And then, yeah, even after Alex had seen the film, we couldn't talk to each other about it because we wanted to leave it a surprise for this podcast show. Mm-hmm. So let's get into it. Let's finally reveal. Now, how do we do this? How are we going to do this? I have a whole bunch of notes. So let's very quickly say the film, Last Jedi, two hours, 32 minutes long, directed by Ryan Johnson. He's previously only done three films. He did Brick, which was this under a million dollar little indie film with Joseph Gordon-Levitt. That was very, very cool. Like this noir film set at a high school. He did The Brothers Bloom, which most people didn't see. It was all right. And then he did Looper, which was a flawed but brilliant movie, I think, in my personal Mm. opinion. Now, here's the difference from the last film to this one. Who's this written by? Ryan Johnson only. So he wrote and directed this movie entirely. Music, John Williams is back. Starring the normal lot, Mark Hamill as Luke Skywalker, Carrie Fisher as Leia Organa, Adam Driver as Kylo Ren, Daisy Ridley as Rey, John Boyega as Finn, Oscar Isaac as Poe Dameron, Andy Serkis as Snoke, Domhnall Gleeson as General Hux, Anthony Daniels as C-3PO, Kelly Marie Tran as Rose Tico, she's a newbie, Gwendolyn Christie as Captain Phasma, Laura Dern, Vice Admiral Holdo, also a newbie, Benicio Del Toro as DJ, newbie, and Frank Oz as Yoda. Wait, now, What? <laughs> what (laughs) so let's get into a couple of things quickly a little house tidying before we get into our feelings when this film came out well before it came out critics got to see it critics went through the roof on this movie the hype of this movie was crazy critics were calling it the best star wars film since empire strikes back if not the greatest star wars film ever made i'm a huge ryan johnson fan i really am and when I first heard he was going to be one of these directors, I was very excited, but then worried because Disney keeps quashing their director's style. So I was worried, well, are they just going to stop him from doing his sort of style of things? And then before this film was even announced, uh, sorry, before this film was released, they announced that Ryan Johnson is now being basically the showrunner of the next trilogy of mainline Star Wars films that will be not Skywalker family related, like a new trilogy of films. He's writing and directing the first one. He's going to be controlling the next two. 
that made me excited in some ways, worried in other ways, because it made me think, oh shit, does that mean basically he played ball with Disney? Because they've had so much trouble getting along with, uh, again, allegedly with Gareth Edwards, they had definitely trouble getting along with Colin Trevorrow, who walked before they shot anything, and they had trouble with the duo who did Lego Movie and 21 Jump Street for the Han Solo movie, who shot most of that before they fired them, basically. So I was like, fuck, does that mean there's not going to be much of his personality? It made me a bit nervous going in. But then the critics came out and were going crazy. So right now, and it will change day to day, but this has a critic score on Rotten Tomatoes of 93%, which is incredibly high. However, there's a lot of talk because it has an audience score of 56%, which is dropping, I think, as we speak. I think it's actually dropped. I just saw a tweet of someone saying it's dropping. My God. Can anyone see where it's at right now on Rotten Tomatoes for the audience? Might even uh, be yeah, in the forties. I'm not sure. This film had a hundred-day shooting schedule. Its original script had around a hundred and sixty sets for a hundred-day shooting schedule. They ended up using one hundred and twenty-five sets over fourteen stages right here at London's Pinewood Studios. And this is the one that Lawrence Kasdan, who had wrote *Empire Strikes Back*, who had been brought back to write *Force Awakens*. He was actually writing The Last Jedi. And then he was called away while writing it because they were shooting Force Awakens and they had some troubles and he had to go and readdress script stuff for Force Awakens. So he had to leave his script for The Last Jedi. Ryan Johnson then came on board and said, can I scrap Lawrence Kasdan's script and start again? And he was given permission to. Wow, that's ballsy for him to come in and just be like, can I do this? This guy's 43 years old. Yeah, and he scrapped the whole thing, chucked it out, wrote his own script. Sorry, what did you say was the score that you had, the audience score? It was at 56%. Currently 57%. Oh, on the rise. Yeah, so. <laughs> there you go. So yeah, that's a lot of what the news is right now. This has been called even more divisive than the prequels when they first came out. Uh, people are getting very angry with each other about it, shouting at each other. I remember when the prequels came out. I think in the first couple of days of release, people were definitely as divisive and angry about those. We just maybe didn't have quite the same forum platforms to shout at each other on, like Twitter and Facebook. But definitely a contentious release. Critics definitely seem to be mostly in one corner, and the vocal audience seems to be negative, but clearly a lot of people are loving it because a lot of people are going to see this film, and there's a lot of defenders. Yeah, while we were sort of skirting around our own feelings, I I was sending you a lot of the Twitter rage tweets. And we were reading them actually the night that we went and saw it. We went back to our place and and we were reading it. But yeah, some of them were like, there's a lot of sort of, I'm a diehard Star Wars fan, but not anymore. Like just some, some crazy stuff. Okay, okay. So that's how the world is reacting right now. And probably you listening is reacting. Now we get to get into how we feel about this movie. So do we want to do like just a a rough sort of vague plot? Yeah, I think we should just go over a rough like plot. Like more of a synopsis kind of, thing? Yeah, and sort of go okay. hit points that we remember or... Yeah. So maybe, Alex, if you just want to give us a rough plot, you know, sort of synopsis of this is what the film's about. Cool. Then we can jump in if we want to throughout that or we can just wait till you're done and then start tearing it apart. So... Sorry, I forgot to to bring it up. I was going to say The Last Jedi Crawl because obviously I didn't write it down. I'm just checking quickly if it's online. Okay, so here we go. So so we have the crawl back. Woohoo! Yeah, Big Star Wars fanfare. We know what we're in for. Episode 8, The Last Jedi. 
The first order reigns. That is our our sentence, opening sentence. Sounds like a Morrissey song. So as we sort of spoke about in the prequels, sort of being these kind of like political heavy kind of crawls, I felt this was kind of going in that direction again. At Force Awakens, Luke Skywalker has vanished. I thought was such a great opening sentence. This is, but this is, yeah, it's First Order Reigns, having decimated the peaceful Republic, Supreme Leader Snoke now deploys his mercenary legions to seize military control of the galaxy. Only General Leia Organa's band of resistance fighters stand against the rising tyranny, certain the Jedi Master Luke Skywalker will return and restore a spark of hope to the fight. But the resistance has been exposed as the First Order, an ad came up. How do I get rid of that? Go away. An ad for like... As the First Order bought Gillette shavers. <laughs> yeah. As the First Order... As the First Order speeds towards the rebel base, the brave heroes mount a desperate escape. So we open on the... So yeah. So unlike any previous Star Wars film in this saga, where there has been a match in the real life time between films matching the narrative timeline. This film takes place immediately, almost immediately from Force Awakens. Yes. Yeah, so... Yeah, just like, who's going to be the first person to show any hand (laughs) whatsoever? Yeah, so it takes place almost immediately after The Force Awakens. The First Order have found the Rebel base, and so they're evacuating. So we have the Resistance ships leaving the planet that they were on. Sorry, I completely forgot the name doesn't matter and they're sort of hovering in orbit above this planet as they're all kind of catching up before they can jump into hyperspace together but the first order has descended on them the the um star destroyers have approached and a big giant dreadnought a ship we've never seen before arrives to fire its cannons down into the planet and destroy the resistance base and basically destroy the resistance before they can evacuate this point, we have Poe Dameron appear in his X-Wing on his own with BB-8 approaching the Dreadnought and he asks to speak to General Hux, who is Dom Hall Gleason taking it to another level, which I thought he couldn't. His eyebrows are on another level. Yeah, his, his face <laughs> is his on his eyebrows. A... If he was in an apartment, his eyebrows would be renting the apartment above his apartment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's, uh, he's, they've like pushed him to the extreme physically and just his whole character. Oh, fuck it. Let's just do it. But Come I on. Do, okay, look, I do got to say he it wasn't, even though he, he was more extreme, It I liked him more than I did the last the last movie. Oh, this is going to be so much fun. All right, let's go. Fucking you know, yeah. he, did, he did not bother me as much as he did the last okay, one. Okay, so let's discuss. Can we discuss the scene, the scene with like him now? I like better, this one. Just calm down, Alex. Why? The cork's come off. You don't get to shepherd this like you normally do. We're going, it was we're going funny. AWOL. It was funny. It so, was funny. The whole phone call thing was funny. Well, I so want to explain. The, uh, let me explain the phone call bit. No. So, come on. People have no? seen it. People have no. literally just seen this. So they're okay. fine. They're fine. That's fine. Okay, cool. No one, no one should be listening to this if you don't know what happens. Like, everyone's going to remember a good point. the phone That's call. a good point. So, we're sitting there in the cinema. I'm, we're sitting actually on different tiers. Uh, Haruka and Lee are in front of me. I'm sitting next to my friend Rob and his uh, sort of girlfriend. And Rob is, like I say, he's like a very big Star Wars fan of the originals. But he'll watch all of them, but he doesn't hope for much. He's quite cynical about everything, but not in a mean-spirited way. You know, he's just like not very open. So he was expecting nothing from this film. 
I was expecting a lot because I love Ryan Johnson. I actually enjoyed The Force Awakens a lot. Enjoyed Rogue One a lot. And I'd heard these critic reviews and I went in so pumped. I was like, this could be the best Star Wars film. Like this really actually could be the best Star Wars film. So fucking excited. And the film starts, and I'm sorry, Christina. <laughs> the film starts and we have this fucking phone call scene mm-hmm. with Poe and, uh, sorry, what is his name, Donald Gleeson? General Hux. And Hux. I mean, we immediately, like, Hux walks in and I'm immediately like, all right, well, I can write off the best opening because it's got Hux in it and I just don't like Hux. I love Donald Gleeson. I think he's brilliant in any other film. In Star Wars, he just overacts so, so much. And he just looks ridiculous. His eyebrows look ridiculous. His whole stature is ridiculous. And he's hamming it up so much that yeah. I'm like, all right, I'll just get through the scene and the next one will be good. And then they start talking <laughs> and pose pretending he can't get through to him. And I turn to my friend Rob and we look at each other. Rob later on tells me he nearly walked out of the movie in that first scene. <laughs> yeah, well. And and I was It's almost but like It's fucking space wait, wait, balls. It's, it's yeah. almost it's, like you know, like at the end of the movie where they do like those funny deleted scenes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? It's kinda almost like that. Like it doesn't seem like, oh, is this supposed to be in here? What is literally like? It is literally like space balls or it's like somebody, and now I know it's only Ryan Johnson I could blame because he wrote it. Somebody thought, oh, remember the year before Force Awakens came out? There was that film that made loads of money that people loved and said was how Star Wars needed to be called Guardians of the Galaxy. And we managed to subvert that and actually do our own things with Force Awakens and Rogue One. Well, now we're just going to try and be like Guardians of the Galaxy in this opening. And for me, A, that's just not what I was expecting. Sure. No. I was expecting a serious, good movie that was fun. But even with expecting humor, none of it worked. Like the actors and the character, like Poe's, like none of it worked. It wasn't good enough. The actors aren't comedically good enough. They have one good comedy actor in this film and it's John Boyega. And he's not used really enough in any of the comedy scenes. This scene immediately blew up my entire like ideas about what this was going to be yeah so so i uh, at home bethany carter and i had watched um guardians of the galaxy part two like a couple of nights before just because it was on right i think it's just been released on netflix and we were all having a night in and we're like oh cool let's watch this it's just fun but you know what you're going to expect with that now right yep. and you know the tone and i completely agree with you it starts with poe and it does the phone call bit it does it once. It does the gag once. Like, sorry, I can't hear you. And immediately I'm like, Guardians of the Galaxy. And admittedly v- deflated. I was like, oh, okay. Like, it it drops the stakes immediately. It's like, it just... And I was like, okay, great. And then it plays that joke several times. <laughs> and it's just like... There was a part of me that was like, what are you doing? Like, is this where we're going to go? Like, you're going to do... It. This is how we're going to do it. And yep. it just caught me off guard. I was, it just, for me, yeah, it just, it completely dropped the stakes of the whole scene and it felt, it felt like, okay, we're going to just tie in this to, to the Marvel Guardians kind of world and tone. And it was like, what is happening? It doesn't fit Star Wars at all. Not taking Star Maybe, level. I mean, I never saw Guardians of the Gates or whatever. <laughs> 
<laughs> so maybe that's why it doesn't bother me that much. But and it did throw me off. But I liked that it threw me off, and it was weird. But I liked that it was weird. It's but it's just like anyway. <laughs> you killed Alex. He's dying. okay. <laughs> He's dying. <laughs> so now, what else do we oh, talk I'm about? I spat out my water. It's okay. All right. No, <laughs> look. All right. Next. <laughs> what I'm saying is, look, to come into this film and know there's comedy is going to be a big part of this and a slapstick style comedy, which is very Spaceballs. And Spaceballs was a, was a parody of Star Wars. This feels like a parody of itself, which is like to come into expecting that is one thing. So I do want to obviously go back now knowing where some of these elements are. And there is a repetition of that style, never to quite the same extreme as it is in this opening, but there is a repetition to that. But they're just not, it doesn't, they're not good like those yeah. characters and they don't play comedy that well and the scene's okay, not okay, smartly written so you written hate well it enough. you hate it and i loved it you're just eating your fucking three types of chocolates and your twizzlers and your... okay I, so yeah but i think alex is gonna turn around whereas what i'm about to say i'm gonna show some of my cards here there are a lot of things that i really think are great there are a lot of great moments in this film uh, they kind of have to be it's two and a half hours long if there weren't any great moments in a film that's two and a half as long, it would be by just odds crazy. Um, but then we move from this scene into what the crutch of the movie really is. And the crutch of the movie is, sorry to steal some of the story here from you, Alex, is two spaceships chasing each other at exactly the same fucking speed. It's yeah. like watching an Austin Powers scene for two and a half hours in space. None of these spaceships can go one mile an hour quicker than each other they can only move at exactly the same speed i'm um, just before we even get into that point i did it i'm in it <laughs> you're in it but i don't I, know how we're gonna do this podcast in i have an, uh, i have a feeling that i need to express so after the whole hawks distraction thing we cut into a scene of the resistance sending in bombers to destroy the dreadnought with poe kind of recklessly leading the charge. All I was feeling at this point as I watched it was prequels. It looked, it it opened and felt like the beginning of Revenge of the Sith. And I started having a bad feeling about this. Which is ironically the only film where they don't say that line because Ryan Johnson's ballsy enough to take away that heritage. And... Yeah, so at this point, I was already like that. This looks and feels so CGI heavy right from the get-go. We're going to have this big battle post-joke section. And it, and it, for me, it just, it, I was already thinking it felt prequely. <laughs> All right, so we're going to do this whole format differently. Because like, you have a much better memory than I thought, Alex. You seem able to like, go through this almost scene by scene. And Christina's right. We don't, we don't have time. And we want to offer something different when we do return to this scene by scene. That's true. So let's just, let's just, people have just watched this. Their minds are fresh with it. Let's just jump around, okay? Sure. Uh, and I mean that. Let's just jump all around the map. So you saying it looked prequely there. Yes, it did. And there are other points in the movie where it looks prequely to me. There are many other points. And in my, in my household, we discussed it a fair bit. For me, I'm going to call out the bit where when John Biega and Rose, uh, who I think she's cool. I like her. When twice, oh my gosh, she's amazing. When twice they're riding CGI creatures and robots. Yep, 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 okay. yep, yep, yep. 
Oh, yeah, twice. You're right. And they did that in the prequels, Yes, right? and I mean, uh, it looks better mm-hmm. than it did in the prequels, but it yeah. still looks goofy. I liked it. Oh, no, I liked it. I absolutely cringed when BB-8, like uh, the, the head of a walker is blasted off, BB-8's controlling it, and John Boyega and Rose jump on that and escape through the exploding destroyer. And, f- oh, I cringed. It was so... <laughs> Prequely, <laughs> and I remember and, and Christina's heart because she's coming in Nick, thinking it's going to be a good yeah. time. And that was and that was one of Nick's comments as well. He was like, "You would never have seen a Walker, like in Jedi Return of the Jedi, be that agile and like skip and hop through things. They didn't move like that." Yeah. And here it we're seeing very, it like spring and jump and it's very cartoony. Yeah. Yes. Like I, I here's the oh, thing. But, oh, but. What was that thing that they were on? That the the other animal, the CGI animal that they rode, mm-hmm. the horse thing. But that face was just so cute. Okay, so, so but then they, they rode melt it your heart in a stupid, stupid I know. way. Christina, by the no, way, they, you, that horse thing saved them. Christina, you seem like you you enjoyed this film, yeah? Yeah. Okay, fight for it, please, because I want like I want throughout. Cause I don't, what? I, you guys hated it? I didn't say I, I hated it yet. No, that's what I was <laughs> going to say. Alex, I, I think he's going to go a couple of ways with this. For me, I've made my cards kind of clear from the beginning. Like, there are moments in this film that I think are great. Nearly every moment that I think is great in this movie comes in the last 40 minutes. And by that point, I was so fucking bored. Like, I have never, ever, other than Attack of the Clones, been... Like, I was so bored by the time I got to those points and I just couldn't wait for it to be over. And then it just kept going and going and going. And what was really frustrating was the stuff at the end, there were some of my least favorite things at the end, which we'll get to, but the only things that I thought were really great about a movie were also in that last 40 minutes. And I just couldn't care less by that point because I was so ready to get out of that cinema. And the weirdest experience I had was we got out and all five of us talked about it and it had a rare occurrence where all five of us felt exactly the same about almost everything to do with this movie. Which was very rare. Uh, and we felt, like we, were, we felt like we were the weirdos at this point because there was no, no one else had seen it in the public. So all we had were critics to look at and they were saying it's a masterpiece and we're like, what the hell is wrong with us? Because we did not like this movie at all. Interesting. And I don't want to spoil my rankings for the wrap-up, but this film, I know exactly where this film is coming in my list of rankings. Wow. Exactly. I know where this film is coming in my list, too. (laughs) You'll be ready to fight. Wait, wasn't it it cool? Didn't you think it was cool when they did the light speed jump? Yes. Maybe like the first light speed jump, and they showed uh, in the ship with all the stars going through. And it was the first time they ever showed the, the jump through that perspective. Right? In the f- no. at the beginning? That's not true. No, they've showed that before? Yes. Yeah, where she's in the ship and then you see the window behind her and then you see her go through light speed. Right, Maybe right, not right. seeing it from like a perspective like that, but we've definitely been in ships while they're going through light speed. Yeah. But have you been able to see the outside? Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I guess this one was really good because <laughs> I liked it. <laughs> I thought that was cool. Hey, there are lots of great effects in this movie. Yeah. I mean, well, there a lot of be. well, there are are a lot of great effects, but it's it's a, for me, it's at a detriment to the film as a whole because 
what J.J. Abrams did so well in Force Awakens in finding that balance, and even in Rogue One, that balance of using CGI and using effects with a practical real world, yep. the balance tipped here, tipped way too far. Like oh, maybe not as far as like prequel style, but there were parts where it was getting close. And this well, is what's me, crazy, like, when you read this, how many sets they, he had made, and the people on set were, were saying, we were building this stuff, and we were just presuming at some point Ryan Johnson would realize, in 100 days, you can't shoot 150 sets, because he wanted so many sets we made. George Lucas came on set and was really frustrated with it. He was like, why the fuck are you wasting money? Like, why are you being this stupid building sets? You should do it all CGI. So there was a lot of practical elements here. Yeah. But it's all of these extra things. Like, there were so... My basic overriding like one sentence tweet if i had to about this movie is look this movie is a fun experience i think it's totally fun experience if it's not a star wars film but this is the most disney of any of the star wars films by far this just reeks to me of disney and it all it smells to me is of is of exactly opposite of what we said of rogue one is how many toys can we possibly sell how many creatures can we stuff it full of how many CGI creatures can we stuff it from? And then taking a thing like the Porgs, which I loved in the trailers. I loved in the memes. Okay, wait, are the in. Pogs the little things? Yes, bird the little things. things. The little birds. And I love them the first few times I see them, but then they overuse them so much. I want Chewie to eat the fuckers because they're just, no. they're taking this adorable thing and then they're doing what Disney does, which is bash you over the head with it again and again and again because you have to buy these. Oh my God, they're so cute. And it, yeah, they're oh. okay. Look, they were really cute. I do think that they looked a little too CGI at points, like bad. I think some of them were actual puppets. But yeah, I some think, of them. Yeah, but some of them were. So one of some, I, I just feel like at times there was just a little too CGI. One of one of Nick's criticisms, straight out as we got out, was he was like too many critters, too many CGI critters. So uh, many. And he's like, didn't didn't, didn't critters, like the crystal foxes, didn't like the porgs, didn't like the uh, nun ladies. And I love the nun ladies. And so, but so, but I asked him, I was like, yeah, but what about what what about Jedi and like Jabba's palace and Ewoks? And he's like, yeah, but that was all. His point was that that was all felt contextual, and the Ewoks were vital to the narrative at that point. They were like participating. It wasn't just filling. They weren't just mascots every, everywhere. Filling like every space. With as many kind of creatures and things that weren't sort of useful, and 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 the thing that we kind of collectively spoke about was like the example of Luke's island. He went there. He says he's gone there to die, and he talks about being isolated. Yet he's on a planet which is just filled with creatures, filled with these ladies that maintain these up. temples. Yeah, and I mean, let's so let's cute, not even though. start with uh, the thing that he milks. <laughs> Oh, fuck me, oh man. Oh, my God. Okay, here's another thing with this film, which I did. I, I didn't lie to you, it. Alex. You said no spoilers because I texted you. I said, I've seen that film now. And you're like, don't fucking talk to me for 24 hours. And I, I said, dragons confirmed, which was a lie. But then I said a truth, which is nipples also confirmed. And there that, are too yeah, many nipples are, in this there film. There are a lot of nipples. Let's get into the, uh, some other nipples, shall we? Adam Driver's nipples. I don't think too Yeah. In a scene... <laughs> That what felt a little like um. It's that did feel a little so like weird. unnecessary. No, it him felt- being topless is fine, I- but then she calls out to it and is like, "Can you put something on?" And then he doesn't even reply. He just looks. <laughs> yeah. So wait, do you think are they in love? 
What do you think? Look, all right. Let's. I'll say some of the things I like about this movie. Okay. They're not brother and sister, which we learned. Well. Alice. Well, we don't know. We don't one hundred percent know, but yeah. No, but we know. Well, you have the baddie telling her something, so it's like, yeah. That's true. But, all right, but let's, I mean, did you feel that love connection? I felt the love connection. No, but this is the thing. Like, so before we went in, my friend Rob said the middle film he always doesn't like because, uh, well, no, he loves Empire Strikes Back, but what he doesn't like about middle middle films is they always have to force romance into the middle films, and he always thinks it's pretty hokey how they do it. I will say, I think the relationships in this are great. Like, like Ray and Adam great. Driver, I think, works really, really well, their relationship. Really well. I don't like that they have to Skype each other all the time. And I 100% promise you, 100% promise you, there was a conversation at some point. Because in the script, I guarantee you, it'll be classic Jedi stuff of what they're talking to each other. They're going to talk to each other all the time, communicate to each other through their minds. Until someone at Disney will be like, it's a new generation. Like, we can't have them just phoning each other. They need to see each other. People need FaceTime. They need Skype. Like, it's so millennial to, like, the way that they're interpreting the way Jedis are going to talk to each other in this. I love that part of it, though. It was new. It was different. And I thought it really worked. It's fine. But, again, everything in this just reeks of a Disney business decision. Like, everything in this movie just feels calculated and all these people came out of it and there are people getting very angry at the people who don't like it right now saying hey the force awakens came out and it didn't take risks and people were angry with it for not taking risks this one came out and it takes risks and people are angry with it for taking risks here's the difference for me i don't see this movie taking any risks i understand why people see it as taking risks but for me everything in this movie is calculated business talk everything every decision in it is what do the kids want right now what do they want Luke to do now when he finally goes Jedi? Oh, I know. They want him to go Super Scion and be a fucking Dragon Ball. That's what they want from Jedis now. To know, to echo your Disney point, like that was a thing that Carter and I were talking about when we left was it's a very, yeah, a very clear move here from Disney of this where, and, and I mean, they say it in lines, like you you let go of the past. This is a yeah. very deliberate like, Mm-hmm. wipe the slate clean mm-hmm. now this is disney's project like george did a good job up until this point but we're gonna yeah we're gonna shift the narrative like sh- just shift the the thing like it's and control it and and push it how we want and i think yeah i agree with you it's very very clear i mean yes there are some very bold maybe narrative choices but as far as kind of a broader picture for me seeing it it's like okay well this is this is them really grabbing the franchise now. And, and how is Abrams going to be with this? Because Abrams is now doing the ninth one since they fired Colin Trevorrow. And he's going to be returning to something that he set up with Force Awakens. And Ryan Johnson and Disney have just basically cleared the slate. He's going to come yeah. back and go, hang on, I didn't even get to direct Luke. I set up Snoke and you kill him, apparently. Although, from the visual dictionary or visual encyclopedia or whatever, like Snoke, that's not his actual form. So it's like, there could be another version of Snoke out there. No. You don't He's know. Dead, guys. Don't know. don't know for sure. I would not be at all. I'll be surprised if Luke comes back in any form other than a Jedi ghost, which I'm sure for sure he'll come back like that. He hasn't trimmed his beard yet, Mark Hamill, so he's coming back in some way. Snoke. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if Abrams finds a way to bring him back as well in a different form. But Yeah. I really I really loved Adam Driver even more in this one. I think Adam Driver's phenomenal. Yeah, 
I think he he steals the show. This is very much his film, hands down. But I just want to watch his film. That's the problem. Instead, I'm watching Adam Driver somehow keep a straight face next to Domhnall Gleeson goofing around, literally physically next to him. And I'm like, how is he keeping a straight face? Yeah, so so here's like an issue. Yeah, so the, the thing is littered with jokes. Way too many jokes for my liking. Jokes that break any any kind of moment there there's there's a chance for a little poignant, serious, kind of grounded bit or it it's ripped. It's ripped from you. <laughs> like there's a bit a bit with Yeah, and it feels so awkward. You're giving Adam driving this real great performance, and there's a bit at the end where he's like, shoot Luke. And then Domhnall Gleeson echoes him and goes, yeah, yeah, shoot Luke. And he, yeah. and he like, does this comic look towards him. As in, yeah. like, this guy. And I was just like, why? That's so dumb and stupid. Or just Luke throwing the lightsaber over his shoulder. Another bit that I feel was kind of robbed from, from Adam Driver was uh, when he goes out in his, his little TIE fighter thing, whatever it's called. And mm. there's this beautiful moment where he... Like in the original trilogy, where he, where when Luke and and Vader sense each other, and it goes to like this cut back and forth of them without any dialogue, but them sensing their presence, and and Kylo Ren has a moment like that with Leia, who's on the bridge, and you see him have his trigger, uh, have his trigger finger ready, and you see the conflict in him, and it, it's played so well, and he doesn't shoot, but the two Tie Fighters next to him shoot, the thing explodes. And that moment is is so his and it belongs to him and it would have carried so beautifully for the rest of the film. But then they cut to Leia in space who then becomes Peter Pan and yep. flies back. Yep. That, that that was another such cringy moment for me because it was like, there's bits that I, there's things that I love in this film where it sets up expectation and it flips them. And some of them I think work and I really enjoyed them. Some I'm like, that just deserved to be played to the expectation. Like my expectation is that is, is Leia's dead. Maybe there's like one last thing where she reaches out with the force, like connects to Luke or something. But that caught me so by surprise and looked so goofy and just odd. I just, and, and, and for me that then completely robbed that moment for Adam Driver as Kylo Ren of that conflict because I immediately forgot about it until Bethany and I were talking about it the next day because it was overshadowed by flying Leia. Well, and plus then, <sighs> then she is, because we have that fucking line way back when, of no, no, there is another, it's not just Luke, which is, then we all assume it, talking yeah, about Leia. It was and then her. in all the films, she, she does nothing. She does nothing other than occasionally, yeah, do like a in-head sort of transmission to Luke or someone. And now suddenly she's, she's also got fucking Dragon Ball powers and is all super, and like Superman. And it's like- I mean, but I always thought she did. I was just waiting for them to like, never, do something with it. Never have we seen any Jedi do any of the stuff that these two do in this film. Ever. Hey, you know? It's yes. so hey, over the top. Leave the past, leave the past behind, <laughs> But Al. they are the past. I'm all fine with it if they're just like magically rays of a new generation, born, you know, like mutants, and they have a whole new level of powers. Fine. I can deal with that. Don't take the fucking people who are the past and suddenly get Luke to do like what he does at the end of the film which I just couldn't believe what I was seeing. What? He transported? Where he force manifests himself. I mean, yeah, force manifests <laughs> just the, himself. Just even the way he deals with it and then brushes it off on his shoulder. It's another one of those moments that like... <laughs> I know, it was so silly but funny, but I, don't, I liked it. I really enjoyed it. 
I yeah, for I, people I get what you're saying, but for for me, I, for me, I guess not. Like maybe overall, like the issue for me is is I'm not against yeah these bold new directions and shifting the narrative and but I feel that for it to work in this universe, you still have to sort of honor certain things within the Star Wars universe and not make it this kind of Marvel Guardians of the Galaxy clone and throw in humor in ways that doesn't fit to that universe. Yeah, like the the off-the-shoulder thing was really weird. There was another bit where he like winked, Luke winked at someone. And I was just like, it it doesn't fit. Saying that, I did I did like the bits of Luke as a crazy hermit kind of yeah i did like and that. just having that full rejection of the force <laughs> i feel like i feel like from tweets that i've read there's people that have been really upset about that and how luke treats it but i think i think in that circumstance for me it's contextual he's deliberately he's he's shouldering so much blame and responsibility that contextually it works if he's like, I'm done with all of this. And he plays up to it as being a bit mad and a bit hermit-like and almost mocking the thing that he believed in so much. But I feel like some things as far as the, the, the universe of the film and how it functions, even with bold twists and choices, still have to kind of be followed, I feel. Yes. But do you guys remember how silly the first two were at some points? Like they did many silly, silly, weird things, and I feel like not yeah, the no, they did, and there, there was like, there was not, not like that with the characters. there was humor, but but the humor like like Han Solo's quips and jokes, he wasn't in on the joke. That was just him being him and being a smart ass and whatever and it being funny to us as an audience now i feel like we have to rewatch the first two i feel like no but i feel like in these they're playing to the joke they're in on the joke they're in on it before the punchline the funny i mean that's (laughs) it's like it's playing up to those kind of things and when you're talking about the way like hamill's playing it as well like are you talking about the you know some of the crowd some of the audience feeling that way about it. Mark Hamill felt the same way. So this is a literal quote from him. It's like, after reading the script for this film, Mark Hamill told Ryan Johnson, quote, I pretty much fundamentally disagree with every choice that you've made for this character. Now, having said that, I have gotten it off of my chest and my job now is to try to take what you've created and do my best to realize your vision. He was not That's... happy with anything wow. that he had to do in this film. Wow. And for me, that comes across very broadly i think he does a good job like now i don't think he's ever really he been did a good job i think he was never a great actor like i know mark hamill for me yeah. was always just passable i think he's definitely the best he's been here he's got charisma as an older grizzled man yeah he's got good presence yes he changes his voice timbre really interestingly between like deep and grizzly and then just more yeah normal but yeah, like the stuff with them on the island, I think there's a great way to do that. Like for me, they don't do it the way that I want it to be at all on the island, but I can just about live with most of the things on the island. It's the most Star Wars-y point of this film for me is her on the island trying to train with him and trying to deal with those sort of light, dark things and then Kylo Ren Skyping in and then sort of dealing with it in that way. I think that's the most Star Wars-y element, I do. Uh, there's plenty of bits that I do not like, but... I, it feels Star Wars to me. Everything else that basically happens, it feels Star Wars because, hey, they've got designs of Star Wars things. 
but that's about it like like the the spaceship contrivance to me i can't get by i can't get by that that's your foundation to your film is oh i know this is a brilliant idea the whole thing will hinge around these two ships that just can't they literally will just go exactly the same speed for two and a half hours but like i can't get by how dumb that is and that some somebody read that and was like yeah that'll be fine let's just base it all around that and then we have characters jumping off to different planets and coming back to that slow, painfully slow chase it just makes no sense so are you sh- saying that it should have been about the death star no 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 <laughs> one good thing this film has is no death star you're missing the freaking death star aren't you al but okay but like what about you guys didn't like the lightsaber fight after yes. sook was killed yeah that was cool with um no that was great i thought that was so I liked that, that was a great my- scene favorite saber fight ever yeah it was a cool scene i actually enjoyed it i really liked snoke as well yeah he was all right yeah i liked him i liked just the physicality and did i say snook snook and just how he sat there Snooky? i was very sad about john boyega taking a bit of a back seat because he I know, me too. because he was so side story yeah and he was so just charismatic and wonderful in the first one. and this and this is like another thing going back to the humor in Force Awakens, the joy and comedy came out of him contextually and just his character and what he's saying, whereas this plays to more kind of slapstick, yep. in-joke kind of feel, which didn't sit well with me. Well, but in like saying the- that, and, and in the side story, in saying that kind of pointless side story, uh, I really did like the character of Rose. Yeah, completely. Yeah. Compl- that was great. Except- And it's really nice to have an Asian lead. For sure. For sure. Sure. Except but when she at, told well, her story. Yeah, yeah. When she tells her story, it's painful. No, it was nice to have a Malaysian lead. And what was even nicer is that she has twin sisters. And her twin sister is obviously the more modelly one. And that they cast the one who's more interesting looking and seems more like a real mm-hmm. person. It's great as well. We yeah. actually have mm-hmm. a we, mm-hmm. we have a collective friend who was up for that part at one point. So, yeah. There were some frustrations what's in the film on it. Oh, why didn't I audition for that? Don't know. What? Wait, the if if, if if Christina or myself are um, cast in future Star Wars films, I wonder if we'll have to retract all of these podcasts contractually. <laughs> you should have been Look casted if- as Poe, and I should have been casted as Rose. All right, let's Perfect. do it. And Al, you should have <laughs> should have rewritten the script a- and taken out some of this bullshit. Should I- you should have been General. You should have been General Hux. No, I'm in. Oh, fuck you. <laughs> I'm in. So yeah, like you were saying, look at General Hux in this movie compared to fucking Ben Mendelsohn in the last movie. Perfect this movie is the, it is the exact polar opposite yeah, of Rogue One. So true. The polar opposite of Rogue oh, One. Oh, opposite for sure. Now, yeah, I'm in the minority. I know. I didn't like Poe in Force Awakens. I made that clear. I like him in the opening. Then he dies, and then he comes back. And I was frustrated he came back because he was too perfect. He was too infallible. He had no problems. He was a '50s spaceship hero. And he, like, the kind of guy who's in comics literally in the 1940s, 1950s, Buck Rogers sort of style. I know, I know what you're going to say, Christina, so let me get through this and then you can say it. In this movie, <laughs> I hate him even more for the opposite reason. In this movie, he is such a fucking dick. And right from the beginning, he's so arrogant and he so, like, jeopardizes everyone. And I was so happy when they got to this point where you suddenly realize, because Laura Dern puts him in his place, and it's like, no, I've dealt with people like you before. And here's all the reasons. And I'm like, whose side am I meant to be on? Because I feel like you're telling me as a film that I'm meant to be on Poe's side, but I'm very much on Laura Dern's side. 
And then Leia comes back to life from her magical Peter Pan moment. And you get this great moment where Leia says to him, Laura's not looking to be a hero. She's not worried about what other people think about her. She's trying to do the right thing for the situation. And I was like, fuck yes, because he needs to learn and stop being a dick. But then yeah, but then, they, yeah, but sure. then the two of them, Laura, Dern, and Princess Leia, turn to each other and go, oh, I like him. It's like, no, you don't. He's a dick. He fucking mutinied your ship. He had like dozens if not more people he killed. has a good heart you know i, I really hate him he and was really I, trying i take real umbrage with the fact that he is clearly being pitched as the new han solo of this series they even dress him exactly like han solo in this film and like yes. no he is not a lovable rogue he's not han solo was a coward and it made him adorable and he knew to hide when to be smart and he knew like how to like use situations and just like park his ship on top of you know like the battle star and stuff like that yeah this is just a gun like she says a gung-ho macho idiot flyboy i really don't like him oh well i think we really do need to talk about this film for two hours and i'm really <laughs> excited to uh do that with you guys yeah because i think bethany said the next day she's like if if poe didn't go ahead with that plan and just let laura dern's character do what she was doing and not None of this would have happened. Like, they wouldn't have lost yeah. the whole fleet and all that. And if he didn't do the first thing, which was bomb all yeah. that shit, then, yep. yeah. So, I guess it's all his fault. Which is fine I mean, if it, he learns it, a it, lesson, it, but it, it doesn't. Yeah, and it makes him very, it, you know, all the wisecracks in the world and that bravado, you know, makes it, doesn't doesn't cover up the reasons why it's hard to dislike him a little bit in this film, for sure. For sure. It's, it was interesting that he was really sort of pushed to the front. Also, yeah, and setting him up as Han Solo and, and also the kind of new rebel leader, basically. Yeah. No, by which the end of the film, which I'm still doesn't feel like a Robert fit Lev. for me at the end of that film. Like, no. He, still, he, he doesn't feel like the one that would no, be in charge of everything. Not at all. I want to I very quickly, because I know we don't want to go on for too long. Okay. And I want you Should guys we to round up our feelings? Well, I'm going to quickly, because I have a list of a few things and some of them we haven't touched on. So I just literally want to say the things I like about the film to see if you guys just like agree or disagree. So I've already said Adam Driver. He's by far my favorite thing in this movie. I think he's... And loved. And I mean this sincerely. I think he's the only truly fantastic performance in this movie. And I love him desperately. I think what he does with that role is incredible. And it's just a shame much of the surroundings for, for much of the movie. I do like yeah, some of the relationships between him and Ray. I like that Ray's parents ended up being nobodies if that follows through and is true. I think that I was thought cool. that was really important. Yeah. It does it's raise really questions good. of, okay, well, what is this new generation of Jedis then if they don't come from any heritage? But like, I think that's a good question. But it's good that you could come from nothing and be Absolutely. something. It's a really good, yeah. No, I was going to say technically, and maybe some other fans will correct me here, but I always felt that four sensitive children that were trained to become Jedis could have come from anywhere anyway. Because it's yeah. not like the Jedi, yeah. the Jedi wouldn't have That's had right. not children. The children wouldn't have had children, but only the Skywalker branch was this branch that kind of continued on. But no, before that, they would go and find four sensitive kids with high midichlorian counts and bring them into the <laughs> Jedi temple. Don't say that word. True, 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 true. So I felt like they were emphasizing this point, but it's like, well, that's actually nothing new, but they're yeah. making it something new. I agree. 
I really like the moment and the visuals when Laura Dern puts her ship into light speed through the Star Destroyers. Oh, um, it's really another, love everything. Another moment yeah, of no sound. That she did and all. Yeah. yeah, that was so good. Really beautiful. I love the visuals on the Salt Planet. We've obviously seen them in the trailer, oh, so it's kind of been spoiled. Oh, all the red, so beautiful. <laughs> Christine, like I've never fun. seen really? you so that excited in any of our podcasts. It's incredible. <laughs> that red. Hey, man, she likes, was it red and, and moving, was red and what? moving forward? Flash horns? No. <laughs> red flash horns. That means you've used it too much. I, yeah, I don't need that fucking scene, which now you've told me Gareth Edwards is in that shot, uh, cameoing yep. with the guy who's like, oh. It's salt. I tasted it. Yeah, I was so confused about that until I, and then I, it came together. I think Gareth Edwards like, is as well. He should, like, when you watch it back, just look at his expression. He looks looking confused. at the soldier. He's just like, like, what am I doing here? Um, what? Yeah, yeah I don't, and they uh, wanted to reshoot my film is what he was thinking. <laughs> but yeah, loads of the visuals there, you know, are cool. The Yod bit, I like that they did, were brave enough to do him as a puppet. I don't like that they clearly CGI'd over the puppet as well to make it look a bit more smooth than it should be. Mm -hmm. But I do like that it had a jankiness to it. I thought it was kind of yeah. cool. I wish it was a little bit more puppety. We we uh, uh, yeah, I agree. we all spoke about how we liked also that it was definitely like Empire in Return of the Jedi Yoda, that sort of cheeky, mischievous Yoda rather than yes. real mm -hmm. prequel-wise no, sage Yoda. Yeah, I love that. And that the yeah. dynamic between him and Luke shifted right back to Master Student. I really, I thought that was really yeah. nice. Yeah, yeah, no, that I was agree. great. Yeah, I also like that scene we talked about where they kill Snoke. I think that's a cool scene. Not the best acrobatics because I don't think they, they can do Adam Driver and, and Daisy Ridley, I don't think it can do that kind of thing amazingly but it's just shot really well and it was yeah it acted really was. well how cool was the bit where she throws him the lightsaber because he's being choked by one yeah. of the guards it and he grabs so it cool. and ignites it, it and it's like straight through the guy's good. head oh my god yep that was cool. it was so good everybody in the theater was like Whoa. yeah and I love when they have that conversation and then they're talking about leaving the old world behind. I'm all for it. And I got really excited. I thought, are they actually going to do the thing that there were a few rumors about where there are going to be, yeah, no more Jedi and no more Sith. There's going to be no yeah. more light and dark. And they're going to be trying to build a new empire of gray, basically. Yeah. Which I really loved. And then they don't do that at all. They fuck it completely. He's still, he, he basically, because you won't go with him, he still is with the Sith and he's still, he yeah. just wants to be the leader of the Sith. And I was like, well, that's not what he seemed to be saying at all. Seem to be saying that yeah. both sides are too extreme. Well, there must be a middle ground. And why can't they create something together that's middle ground? Yeah, yeah. So um, I was really. You no, know, she was so upset. one. She really was just one sided. Yeah, I thought that mm, they could have bridged something, but. I thought that shift also was going to happen with Luke when he first starts teaching her to meditate, and he's like, "See, there's darkness and there's light, um, and there's it's something in between." And I thought, "Great, this is it. This is going to be. We're going to play that line of." Those things, those elements are going to go, and there's going to yeah. be like this balance of where do you fall in between those. But then he was like, "So it's the Force, leave it alone." And I was like, "No, yeah, <laughs> yeah. no, it's a wasted opportunity." Well, maybe, maybe later. I don't know. And I do like the moment where R two D two played the original message to kind of manipulate Luke. Oh yeah, that was. Just want to go. That was cool. That's basically it for me and my list of likes. <laughs> this movie. Should we go through our list of likes before we jump onto our list of dislikes? Yep. No. <laughs> Christine will be here a long time. Are oh, you okay. Go? Sorry. Yeah. Maybe we should save it for the two-hour <laughs> one, right? Because I think this was treated to the two-hour. Christina, one. if you have to go, you, There's you go. There's so much to talk to. 
What? You go. Really? You go. Because, yeah, we can keep chatting Aww. for a second. It's fine. Aww. It's part of the organic process. Of but I have a lot of... We could do like five more minutes, but you can go. I have a lot of comments about these things. Tough. You guys are going to talk about things it. and I'm not going to be able to defend myself. Such a shame. Such a shame. Okay. We will return. We will okay, be back guys. for this. Okay, uh, fine. Okay. Thank you very much, Christina, for joining us. Signing out. Okay. Have fun. Bye. Bye. Alex, you got like five more minutes to just do a few more? Yeah, yeah. I've got uh, I've got some people saying <laughs> messaging me saying they're hungry, but I blamed Christina. Okay. <laughs> I'm hungry too. I'm hungry too. Yeah, so things things that I liked. I Adam Driver just stole the show. He kept it he kept kept me in it. Like and yep. to really stand out as an actor in a Star Wars film speaks volumes of his talent. Like he is a yes. wonderfully talented man. I was very. Uh, I liked. I liked the character of Rose. Uh, like you said, I like that re- that reasoning of sort of having a sister, and but they went for the, you know, quotes ordinary sister. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I liked some of the island parts. I liked. I liked that Luke was this crazy dismissive hermit, and that he'd thrown it all away. Like that, his faith was completely broken. I I appreciated that, and I appreciated. Even though it was a bit sort of cartoony when he was teasing Ray when she was meditating and he's like, reach out. And then he was using the little leaf to touch her hand. And he's like, can you yeah, feel the yeah, force? Yeah. And she's like, yeah, yeah. But you could imagine Yoda doing that to Luke. Exactly. It had, it had that similar sort of mischief as Yoda, uh, which I appreciated. But I, I, pre- I appreciated seeing him broken. And, and Mark Hamill, yeah, doing it to the best of sort of his abilities and talents. And I agree with you. I, I think he's, I mean, he's a great voice actor, as we know. And I think his ability to, yes. to play with that and to have those sort of deeper tones. And then he, the moment Yoda comes back, he's Luke Skywalker from the originals. Like the pitch goes up oh, a little bit. He's, he's that student again. And I, and I loved that sort of control and dynamic. And it was great. It was great to see Yoda. What else did I like? Yeah, I liked the twists and turns. I liked, I liked the setting up of the expectation and and breaking them but not all of them worked so the ones i liked i loved the snoke throne room setup because that's setting you up exactly paralleling turn of the jedi and the emperor and so my expectations that it's going to play to that somehow and i didn't see snoke's death coming whether that is true or not later i don't know but i, I liked and i liked that scene and i liked them working together for a while mm-hmm. and that revelation that yeah your parents are nobodies it's like cool. That's bold. Like just yeah, that's cool. you know, we've, and his del- his delivery of that is so good. Yeah, and like, he just brings it down in this sort of blackmailing kind of way of like they're nobody. Yeah, like, and again, you, Adam Driver. And he thinks that you have no place in this story, which is such a good line. Yeah, Adam Driver. Just the way he plays, the way he plays that whole line of you think he could come back to the light, but then he's dark. Like that conflict is so present and real, and this way he delivers lines. Yeah, it's really good, and that bit's really awesome. And I love it because I just love that we'd had this expectation for two years and they're like, no, nah. like she's not, you're yeah. nobody. If they, if they continue that, we'll see. Yeah. The desert planet was cool. The Luke astral projection at the end. I liked it was unexpected. It's, 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 it's one that's the ending is a moment. I need to see the film again to kind of really grasp the casino world, I loved the world itself inside the sort of all these characters gambling. I, I loved parts of that and the look and the feel 
and that sort of brief moment of, oh yeah, these people are the ones that are profiteering off, profiting off the war. I like that, but then uh, our household collectively really didn't like the bit where she goes outside and then she suddenly like they're on this urgent desperate mission and she takes a moment to yeah, talk yeah. about the injustice in this world and her backstory yeah. and then you and see every minute is counting yeah every minute's counting and then you see the children in the thing and again this is moments that just dropped into prequel territory and with the children for me it was like this is the this is the disney zone now like it just well you know but you know where that is coming from like that is like, as soon as I saw this movie, it made perfect sense to me why they chose Ryan Johnson. It really did. It's like, I don't... Like, he got to write and direct this. So I'm presuming he had quite a lot of control over this. I came out of it just like, I don't see any Ryan Johnson in that movie. There was, like, one shot of reversed water on Ray, which was really cool. Yeah. And there were a couple of other shots of visuals, which seemed like him. But from a, from a visual point, there wasn't much of him. From a storytelling point, I didn't see any of his mm. normal sort of traits. And so I was just like, is this genuinely what he wants or is this just him playing bull? But either way, he's given them the film that Disney won, yeah. which is like setting up this. And that's 100% those kids. And we can talk about that last scene with the broom boy. Uh, setting up probably his future trilogy of films. Yeah. Uh, which is given Disney. That could want, let's get the kids right in there for a future trilogy of films. Do something new, younger audience, as many toys as is humanly possible. Yep. More humor, more comedy, and anything that's action-based, let's just dial it up to 12, basically. You know, I don't mind the astral projection thing that Luke did. I'm fine with that. But my problem is I have to watch, for me, a scene which was ridiculous, where I have to believe it's not an astral projection, and he's Superman, and you're making a superhero movie now, which is not what I come to, a, you know, that's not how I see the Star Wars films. I don't see them as superhero movies yeah. at all. So I still have to get through that scene to then find out, oh, okay, he wasn't really there. So that explains it. But it, the delivery of that is, well, I still have to watch that scene and, and you, you're happy for me to be duped into something that I think is yeah. really not fitting this universe at all. And uh, yeah, another feeling was Benicio Del Toro. Mm. Bethany and Nick really didn't like his character, mainly for the fact of that weird and inconsistent stutter that he would kind of right, do right, every right. now and again, but then wouldn't. And it just yeah. was sort of so forced. And I felt like if he hadn't have done that, I would have, yeah, it would have been just as, it would have been cool. Like It was yeah. just so like. He was all right. He didn't really th come to anything though. Yeah. Uh, it's just like, well, I was expecting him because people have talked of it about him as like, he's the Lando yeah. of this film. So yeah, but Lando redeems himself by doing something at the yeah, end. Yeah, and he doesn't, yeah. This guy did nothing at the end. Yeah. I was waiting for him to turn up and kind of be useful. Mm -hmm. Whackin Phoenix apparently was originally uh, meant to play this role. Right. But then didn't. Yeah, I mean, I, so we're coming from... I'm amazed that we might be coming from sort of some of the same places. Like, I think you're slightly more positive on it than me. But there's like, for me, like I said, there's a lot of things that I... There's a lot of great moments. But the overall, just the overall bulk of this film is just... Again, it's just like, this is an entertaining Disney film. That's how it feels to yep. me. Doesn't feel like a Star Wars film. Yeah, it definitely... Rarely, very rarely. It definitely doesn't feel like a Star Wars film. It doesn't feel attached to The Force Awakens. And I, th I think I said that as soon as we came out. But I, again, I was sort of accepting and happy of that. I was in a weird place because there were things that I strongly, strongly disliked 
but I came out going, wow, I love that. Like I enjoyed that. Oh, wow. But there's a part of me that knows with these Disney Star Wars films, I need sort of several viewings before I can land in a place of like, yeah, like that's, this is where I absolutely rank that film. And with Force Awakens and Rogue One, they've gone up in the ascendancy. Like I've become much clearer about right, why okay. I like those and why I think they're great films and where I rank them. I, I don't know where I'm going to land with this one just yet. Um, yeah, it, I don't know, man. It's I'm still really processing it all because, like I said, the bits I disliked, it just, I don't know, it had a very prequely feel. <laughs> and Oh, very much. Lost a bit of the fun. And and didn't like it, the things that it tried to be fun with and funny with were just slapsticky and silly. Yeah. And then it's like you can't do that, but then try and have this darker Empire Strikes Back yeah, kind of tone. You know, you can't go to that extreme and then try and still hold the this darkness in it. I think the thing is, yeah, going back and I will go back again and watch it when I get back to LA next week. And I think that I will, you know like it more accepting it for what it is mm. but unfortunately for me what it is is a silly film yeah a silly entertaining film and i wanted and expected a lot more than that yeah you know it's like force awaken like i think this is much yes like when i'm saying it doesn't take chances it does obviously in that it's doing much weirder stuff mm-hmm. than than force awakens does but again for me those chances are just very calculated chances they are very much like we're appealing to this demographic we did the old like the old haunt last time yeah uh in terms of let's just try and recreate what came before to its detriment potentially and this time it's like no let's like revamp everything and what do kids like yeah for every decision pretty much in this movie um so, so i just like i think i'll go back and i'll be able to go yeah like knowing now that it is that sure uh these are the things it does well i still, I still think it has certain elements that it definitely doesn't do well but it's it's just so soul-crushingly disappointingly far from what I was expecting and hoping it was going to be. Coming off the back of Force Awakens, coming off the back of Rogue One, and then having someone as interesting as Ryan Johnson behind the helm. Yeah. I just expected so much more. I really did. And so much more gravity to it. For sure. And Adam Driver's just there. Like, he's in a different movie. Like, he's in the movie I want to yeah. be in, where he's just giving all this gravity and weight to stuff. And everything else around him is just like, I don't know. It's either concentrating on the characters I don't care enough about or it's, or it's yeah, just making storyline decisions, which to me are just not, they don't work within the universe we've been given up until this point. And it's like, maybe you could do a segue to this in the third one. And it's far too long. Oh, it's way, way too, too long. long. And, and here's, here's another it thing for me. It, what it does with this trilogy is that it doesn't it doesn't feel like the middle of of a, a trilogy arc. What it almost does no. for me is that it takes this film takes itself and Force Awakens and almost sets them up as like a prologue to like this is where it's going to start now. This is the beginning. Mm-hmm. The resistance is on. But that is what it's doing. I think. I think you'll get one more, and they'll tidy up the Kylo Ren stuff and the Ray stuff, and then it'll just be these. For kids. sure, and I agree. It's doing that, it's, and it's, it's like segueing into Ryan Johnson's new trilogy. But then, how does it yeah. hold it itself as on, on its, its own? own? Because, like, even yeah. with the prequels, as as flawed as they are, you can still see a clear arc of that story. 
and you can kind of hold yeah, it on its own. You can do that with the thing. Whereas this, it's kind of, I don't know. And I don't need, I don't need, I don't like this. All right, first one, cool. Here's Han Solo. He dies. Second one, okay, here's Luke. He dies. And the third one, it's like, what are they even going to do with Leia? Because they said they're not going to use, they're not going to recreate footage. They've promised they won't do yeah. that. Uh, but she's still alive very much through, uh, and when she really didn't need to be, it would be much more impactful if she hadn't mm-hmm. been alive in this film after that explosion. I don't know what they're doing with that. And I, I didn't need Luke to die in this. I would have liked to have, it to have been less of a every movie, you lose one of them. Yeah, yeah. Think. Yeah, actually, that was another thing we talked about, wanting some, some, yeah, more impactful and meaningful deaths. Like, okay, they don't, let Le- Leia die but the thing uh, when um, Finn is flying towards that cannon at the end and I th- mm. sort of I think we all spoke about being like fuck okay are they going to go for this Is are they going to kill one of the main characters that yeah, was so likable in the first one and I was thinking that is bold and that's going to be fucking really cool Nope. And then they didn't. Even though he should have, because the thing's melting a massive yeah. door like a mile away, yeah. and he's right in it, and it does nothing yeah, to him, yeah. basically. It just wilts. And then they don't even kill Rose. Yeah, so and then they, they don't kill Rose. Kill, and then she's back again in the next scene. It's just like, come on, guys. Yeah. Like, really have some conviction, you know? Now Ray's left with no tutor, and you know they're going to make her awesome in the third one. It's like she doesn't have any training. Mm. Like, how's she going to control it? I don't yeah, know. no, it's an interesting one, man. I feel that we're kind of very much on the same page with what we dislike. I don't, I don't feel as sort of angry and as rattled yet, maybe, because as I said, I need some more viewings, but I don't, certainly don't feel as rattled as some Star Wars fans on Twitter who are like, this has ruined everything for me or, you know, or well, they're like, ridiculous because everything else still exists. Or like, you know, liking Attack of the Clones, whatever. Like, like I'm not, I'm not, I'm certainly right. not at that point and i don't yeah. and no, there's things no, no. that i strongly dislike is, look, but i still I'll, enjoyed big chunks of it yeah no i'll spoil it now for a wrap-up this is better than any of the prequels yeah for sure um i think this is a much better film for me than any of the prequels uh but for me it's a hundred percent my least favorite of all the other mm. films without a doubt um, which is a real shame just because yes there are some great visuals there are a few great moments and i like some of their bold decisions that they were trying to do some bold decisions, but just nearly all of them just didn't work for yeah. me whatsoever. Well, it'll be re- it's going mean, to be it's going to be very interesting. We'll yeah, back. when we can revisit this next year with with Christina and and really break it yep. start to break it down, because I'm sure by then we'll have had multiple viewings. So oh, it's going to be quite exciting. Definitely, definitely, definitely. There was a couple of just regular facts about this film that i don't know if you knew about or not but like um kelly marie tran who played rose she didn't tell anyone that she was shooting star wars entire production Uh, she lied to everyone including her family and told them that she was doing an indie film in canada and she even bought maple syrup from canada to bring back to them each time when she was on amazing stuff Um, so they didn't know until it was done what else was yeah mark hamill also said i wish that they had been more accepting of lucas's guidance and advice he had an outline for seven eight and nine and it is vastly different to what they've done which is interesting that he's this anti the new disney again that kind of goes that's for me speaks to what i wish had happened in the prequels you know follow Mm -hmm. george lucas and that, that was something george lucas had to do was like yeah have the main creative input and guide that but just hand it over to people yeah. that were more but competent to do it. yeah i agree and i would I have 
been on board with that if he had done that for this trilogy. If Disney took over and were like, okay, you let's lay out your creative vision, but yeah, get our I own agree. people in. Yeah, I wish. I mean, you look at Looper and you, you look at some of the crazy fucking moments in Looper and the stuff on the island here when she's in training and, you know, going in to visit her own dark side and all that stuff. It's like, just from Ryan Johnson, I expected really cool, dark, weird things, you know, with that. Um, so dis- disappointing. All right. So that is our first discussion on The Last Jedi. Sorry we had to lose one of our crew along the way. Uh, but thank you very much for joining us. Uh, we will be doing a wrap-up podcast, so Christina will get to say a few more things doing a wrap-up. That will be coming fairly soon. We're going to take a break, though, for a few days, so that will be back. And then that will be the end of this regular podcast. We won't be following on with something else, but we will still have our, reg- our normal podcast, Just Geeks, nearly every Tuesday, where we talk about topical movies and video games. And we'll have our horror channel, which goes up every single Friday. We're doing Child's Play right now. Uh, if you go to wearegeeks.com, wearegeeks.com, then you can jump on out to all that stuff on iTunes. Please do subscribe. It does help us. Please do rate. And you can also go over to what can you do? Twitch from there. We've got some cool content coming in 2018. You can mail us through wearegeeks.com as well, or just send an email, mail at wearegeeks.com. And through wearegeeks.com, you can also go to all of our social medias and our publisher, We Are Tessellate. Just click that little uh, little picture on wearegeeks.com to go through to We Are Tessellate. We are a film production company run out of London, LA, and Tokyo. And we just finished making our first feature films right now. Our first feature film is called Starfish. And you can learn all about that on a regular podcast and our social medias. My own personal social medias, Mr. Al White on everything. And on the Xbox, Alexander Chard. Yeah, I am Alexander Chard on Twitter and Instagram. I don't use Twitter very much. You've probably heard me express my disdain for it in previous podcasts. But... Hit me up about The Last Jedi and give me some articulate feedback and not a lot of angry, I'm not I'm not going to be a fan of Star Wars anymore because that's a little dramatic. We all love Star Wars, but let's, let's no, give some good. reasons why. I, I think I've made it pretty clear. I really, really, really don't like this movie. It does not affect any of my feelings about any of the other exactly. Star Wars movies. Yeah, yeah, I think... Only one film has managed to do that and that was Alien Covenant, which I think directly makes every other Alien film worse <laughs> after seeing it. Yeah. Yes. All right. Thank you. Christina is who knows? Who knows how to get in contact with her? No. Nobody. We will see you again very shortly with our Star Wars wrap up. Until then, we are out. Geeks. Geeks.